Secrets. Keeping secrets can be a good thing. You don't want your personal data hacked, right? You'd like to keep your social security number secure, your bank account number. Uh, you'd like for your fingerprints not to be hacked, right, this past week. Keeping secrets is a good thing. What you share with your lawyer, you want to keep that confidential. What you share with your doctor, with your pastor, yes, with your counselor, you want that to be kept confidential. Keeping secrets is a good thing. It's probably a good thing that we don't know the secret formula to Coca-Cola, right? Business, smile, it's okay, it's all right. In the Bible, keeping secrets was a good thing. Abram and Sarah, oh, she's, she's not my wife, she's my sister. And they wander through and uh, avoid kings of Egypt and things. Children first. It's not so much a secret as a surprise, the theme word for the day. And in the Bible, Mary and Joseph, how did they get pregnant? They didn't share this. That it was a child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph took Mary as his own wife. Keeping secrets can be a good thing. There are times when keeping secrets might be questionable. Anybody here heard of WikiLeaks? Anybody? Anybody at all? Julian Assange? Yeah. yeah. And uh, uncovering all kinds of memos and communications and things and leaks that uh, governments may not want us to know about. And let's see, in the last couple of years, what was his name? Edward Snowden, remember this guy? Uh, CIA uh, contract worker, and he reveals that uh, the National Security Administration has been using all kinds of data from telecommunications about us and making that known. Are, are people like this uh, whistleblowers or are they dissidents? Are they heroes? Are they traitors? We don't know sometimes about secrets. Sometimes it's very plain, it's very clear that keeping secrets can be harmful, hurtful, even deadly. Let's see, what happened at Volkswagen this past week? Anybody read the news here? Let's see, well, we'll just write a software code that gets around the emission testing. And so when these diesel engines go in, uh, it will register, oh, we're fine, this engine's all clean. But when we get out of the test, we'll just continue to spew all kinds of emissions into the air. And uh, woe be it if you are uh, the president, the CEO of Volkswagen, what happened to him because of this? He is out of there. And the good name of Volkswagen that they've worked so hard to build, the trust is eroded. Uh, secrets can kill. Let's see, and anybody here heard of Watergate? Anybody old enough to remember Watergate? That's a, yeah, yeah. It's a, the very first time I got to vote for the, a president, I voted for Richard Nixon. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> you had this thing going when you just blew it. Oh, what happened? And the cover-up. And our Catholic friends, some priests who abused their power, took advantage of children and the cover-up of that. Uh, secrets 
can kill. I'm going to talk about Pope Francis in a moment. God bless him in his uh, tour right now in the United States. A breath of fresh air. And in the Bible story from Genesis, the third chapter, you remember the first human beings, Adam and Eve, and was God say, just one thing, just one thing I don't want you to do. And what do they want to do more than anything else? That one thing, and they overreach. And when they do, they realize their nakedness, their vulnerability, and they go and hide. They hide in their shame. They have a cover-up. <laughs> Secrets can kill. You remember what happened to Adam and Eve and all the subsequent generations and even playing out in our lives today. And we come to the story of King David. Why didn't he just go out with his army? He's the king. He's a military leader. He's led them to all these victories. Why did he stay back in the palace? Wouldn't it have been better if he had been out in the field with his armies? What happened there? Do you think he just got bored? I mean, there's only so many football games you can watch, right? I mean, it's... Was it hormones? Was he just going through midlife crisis kind of thing and had to act out here? Was it because he had all the power? Remember Mel Brooks? It's good to be the king. Remember? You've seen the movie. It's good to be the king. How can you say no to the king when he summons you? And King David takes another man's wife for his uh, dalliance. Um, you've heard of the Ten Commandments. How many of the Ten Commandments does David break here? Let's, let's count them. Help me out, would you? Let's see. Uh, he covets another man's wife. That is number 10 in the top 10. Remember this? Okay. Uh, he commits adultery with her. That is number 7 on the list. Um, and then to start the cover-up thing, he has to kill the man's wife, um, the wife's husband. That's the way it goes. Yeah, the wife's husband. And so that's number 6 on the top list there. And then more of the cover-up, he breaks the ninth commandment about bearing false witness. So he gets four of the ten in this one event. Uh, Sam, you spoke of a ripple effect. There's, there's a big ripple effect going on here. Secrets uh, kill. Uh, this is the last in a series of sermons on relationships. Our relationship with God and our relationships with one another. And I've been basing a lot of this uh, sermon material on my continued education in family systems. Uh, the guru of family systems for the religious community is a rabbi psychotherapist named Edwin Friedman. And Friedman was the one who said, secrets kill. <laughs> Boy, that's, that's clear. Uh, a little broader statement, he would say, secrets are the plaque in the arteries of communication. <laughs> Can you feel your heart just kind of stopping up here? They get in the way. And uh, people start taking sides because they don't have complete information and uh, their alliances. And then, and then we wouldn't have soap operas though, right? I mean, we need, we need secrets because that's the main engine of all soap operas. Can I get an amen here? Can I, uh, all right, I mean, right, and just, right? Who knows what, when, about whom is, is the major storyline of, of all soap operas. But secrets uh, kill 
we try to hide our shame. We cover up what we've done wrong. When I do premarital counseling, I give a, a homework assignment to the couples. And uh, the assignment is pretty simple. I say, go find out all you can about your families. Because you're not just marrying that other person. You're marrying all those wonderful, crazy people called their families. Can I get an amen here? I mean, it's... Huh, right? and, and it gets real complicated. And I said, and especially if there's a family member that no one wants to talk about, why don't we say anything about Aunt Jane? Whatever happened to Cousin Joe? I said, I'd love for you to gently unearth that. Find out what's going on there. Because there can be some secret there that might get in the way of your relationship. Here's what I firmly believe. Most of our dysfunction comes because we are trying to cover up some secret. There's something hidden, and unless we take care of it in a healthy way, it will come out in an inappropriate way, in maybe even a very destructive way. We all have skeletons in the closet. I looked it up this past week. Y'all be thinking about your family members, okay, while I tell you we're skeletons from the closet. Okay, right. The one you don't talk about. You know, the mystery person, what happened there, that event, something. So y'all be talking, you thinking about that while I tell you about skeletons in the closet. I looked it up this past week. It comes from the early 1800s in Great Britain. And there were people that were body snatchers. They would go get corpses to take to med schools... Really, to uh, use as a training so that these students could find out about the human body. But they were breaking all kinds of laws. And so what did they do? They would hide them in a closet because it needed to be someplace close but accessible. Do you get the risk involved here that it's, it's just right there, but we don't talk about it. And it, you know, it's, it might jump out and scare us here. So that's where skeletons in the closet came from. They hung them in the closet. There you go. Have you thought of that family member while I was talking there? Did you? Here's the thing in this, in this family systems, I've always reminded you that at our best, we only operate at about 70% as an individual or as a system. So treat yourself and these other family members with a lot of grace and forgiveness. There's a lot of dysfunction that's going on in our lives. And there are consequences to our secrets. Secrets can kill. They will find a way to come out if they don't come out in a healthy way. When David and Bathsheba can conceive this child, when that child is born, it dies very quickly. If you read the rest of the story, there are other sons that get lost as part of the collateral damage here there's civil war that happens in the nation Israel, and, and just keep on reading it. It's, it's secrets kill. It does have a ripple effect here. And here's the thing, like Sam said to the children, no matter what, no matter how hard we try to deceive others, we will never be able to deceive God. And God knows we can't keep secrets from God. And sometimes that just weighs on us so heavily. I picked up a book I hadn't read in a long time this past week because uh, I was reminded of King David's story. And, and the book is The Gospel as 
Comedy, Tragedy, and Fairy Tale by Frederick Beekner. And he, he tells a story in the very opening of this book about Henry Ward Beecher, who was giving the very first Beecher lectures named after his father, who was also a preacher. Can you imagine the pressure of that? And Henry Ward Beecher, he gets to his room, he has his dinner, he's upset, he hasn't slept very well, he takes a little nap, and he's, he's shaving. He lathers his face with the lather, and he's stropping his razor, and it's one hour before the lecture, and he doesn't have a single thing written down to say. Can you imagine that? As a preacher, I would find that awfully scary. <laughs> And as he's there stropping his razor and lathering his face, it comes to him in an instant, a gift from God, bang, just like that. He puts down his razor, he gets a piece of paper, he pencil, and he scratches out some notes, and he, he has it just in a few minutes' time. And he starts to shave, and he cuts himself badly. As well he might. Because he was having an affair with one of his congregants. And a whispering campaign was going around and people were gossiping about it. And it was starting to make little items in the newspaper. And there were even charges that people were going to file. And he might lose his credentials as a pastor. And all of that came out in, in the shaving of his face. And he cut himself badly, he wrote. Secrets kill. They will find a way to come out if they're not dealt with well. God knows. And we see ourselves in the mirror sometimes. It took uh, Nathan for David to see himself in the mirror. Well, can you imagine being Nathan getting this assignment from God? I want you to go talk to the most powerful man in the country and tell him what he's done wrong. Wouldn't you love to do that? So David, uh, I mean, Nathan, he would do what I would do if I were approaching King David. I would tell him a story. You know me, right? I'd tell him a story. Isn't this a great story? Uh, Nathan says, once upon a time, there was these two men. One was very rich, had all these herds and flocks and all this wealth and things. And his neighbor across the street had only one little lamb. But when a visitor came to see the rich man, what does the rich man do? do? He goes over to his neighbor and he takes his one little lamb to serve for his guest dinner. And David said, who did that? Can you imagine, Nathan, are you sure you want to know? <laughs> really? You, you want me to tell you who did this? That man deserves to die. Are you sure, David, you want me to say this? It was you. And here David proves his greatness because he receives it. <laughs> And he repents. And he changes his life with God's help. Frederick Beekner said, The gospel before its good news is first bad news. That we realize that all have sinned, including me, fall short of the glory of God and need God's help. And the tragedy becomes a comedy and it becomes a fairy tale because King David then, he becomes the prototype of all that is good. He becomes the prototype of the Messiah. 
Frederick Beekner says that God can take even our sin, even our secrets, and bring good news out of that. that such is the magnitude of God's grace. So that man and the woman in the garden, even when they sin and when they try to cover it up, God can use even Adam and Eve. And Nixon, maybe, yes. Even President Nixon and other presidents, and we won't do a list of names here. (laughs) God can use even them, even the Catholic Church. And again, bless Pope Francis and his witness right now, his transparency, his advocacy for the poor is opening up the church saying it's about mercy and not just doctrine and rules and God even used Henry Ward Beecher this preacher fallible breakable sinner that he was to preach good news and even me King David gives us hope he's the prototype of the Messiah if you read the scriptures they say Oh, when the Messiah comes, he'll be like King David. Wow, amazing story. This gospel story for us. And what does King David do? He goes and he pens Psalm 51 that we're about to say here in just a moment. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. The good news is this. God uses even our sins and our secrets. That's how big God's grace is. Amen.